Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Michael Stewart, the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. You can find him online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Or you can reach out and give the man a call at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Michael has his MBA in finance and is a registered financial consultant. And remember, Crystal Lake is a one-stop shop with a CPA, enrolled agent, and paralegal all on staff. They can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters, which, of course, is why we're here on the podcast today to educate you about retirement. Michael, welcome into the show. How are you doing? I am excellent. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, I'm doing wonderful as well. At the time of this recording, of course, we've finally gotten into March. Things have started to thaw out a little bit, a little bit, I might say. And of course, we're quickly approaching the Final Four in basketball, which is personally one of my most exciting times of the year. Couldn't agree more. Be interesting to see how it plays out. Always love the competition. Today, though, I want to dive into our content with you, and I want to talk about the junk drawer you might have at your home. Now, before you (laughs) click away and go back to Facebook, we want you to know that this is something that really does apply to your retirement, so stick with us on this. Hear this analogy out. Michael, do you have a junk drawer at home? I believe I have multiple junk drawers at home. <laughs> and if I were to go come to your house and open one up, which would be quite nosy of me, but what might I find in there? You would find matches that aren't going to be used, probably a bunch of random batteries rolling around, and a tape measure so I don't have to go out in the garage every time I immediately need a tape measure. <laughs> well, you sound like most Americans then. So most Americans have a junk drawer with, like you said, matches, tape measure, clothespins, chip clips perhaps, rubber bands, really all the stuff that needs to go somewhere, but you just don't really know where it goes. And we found that if you're not careful... Your retirement plan and your finances and your financial life can end up like that, kind of messy and unorganized and forgotten about at worst. So let's kind of go through some of those items that, if you're not careful, might be in your financial junk drawer and figure out how to put them to a better use. All right, let's get started. As an example, let's say that you have a really old life insurance policy. You might have even forgotten about it at this point. Why might that be something that needs to be a little bit more organized than your chip clips and rubber bands? Yeah, I think that typically how in our practice, since we deal with a lot of individuals either nearing or in retirement, is really taking a look at old life insurance policies that maybe they've had for 10, sometimes even 20, 30 plus years. And the first question I always ask is, you know, after we do kind of a brief financial analysis is what's the purpose of the life insurance today? I understand why you took it out. Maybe there was a big mortgage on the house. Maybe it was to take care of the family in case you were to have an early demise. And, you know, that would replace income, send kids to college, et cetera. But really, now that you're 63, 65, and you have amassed the savings that you are, and the mortgage is about paid off, what's the purpose of the life insurance today? Because the reality is maybe you don't need life insurance anymore. Maybe there's a cash value in that property or that life insurance. You might be able to reallocate it into something that either can generate you some retirement income or you could even do what they call a 1035 exchange into some sort of long-term care coverage, which is probably more something that you're going to need over the next 10, 20 years compared to just life insurance in general. 
Now, another item that you might find lying around, perhaps collecting dust, this one's also crucially important, especially uh, if you're maybe in the situation where you find yourself divorced and remarried, or even if you have uh, you know, kids and maybe when you previously drew this document up, you, you didn't. Anytime life changes, this is one of those things you need to update. Of course, I'm talking about a will or a trust and an estate plan. Those are things that you want to keep updated. No, absolutely. And that's one of the kind of the three main areas that our practice focuses on. Of course, we do the financial planning, we'll do the tax planning, but also the estate plan as well. And, you know, we recently read a survey from, and we've seen it within our practice from ARP that said over 65% of individuals over 50 have no formal estate plan in place. And even of that other third that does have a plan, usually when we come in front of them, more than half of those are outdated. You know, the executors already died or they no longer even talk to them, have a relationship with some of the different people named within their documents, or they still have guardians named for the kids and now the kids are 45. You know, so it's a lot of things that even if you have an estate plan, you need to take a look at it every five or 10 years just to make sure things haven't changed, both tax laws as well as your circumstances. And if you don't have one, in just a series of a couple meetings, you can have it in place and get the peace of mind associated with it. Now, another thing I want to hit on here, social security estimates. If you perhaps have an estimate that you originally received during the Clinton administration, you might need to get some new information. And also explain to us what a social security estimate is. Yeah. So what a social security estimate, it says that at your full retirement age, which is basically from individuals 66 to 67 years old, is that at that age, that big, bold number that you usually see on page one, that that's the amount of your primary insurance amount, which is actually the amount of Social Security benefit if you wait till that full retirement age that you should expect to receive. The key thing about that, especially if you have that Clinton administration version, is that your Social Security estimate is going to be based on your best 35 years of working. So not 35 years in a row, but your best 35 years. So if you're relying on a Social Security statement from even just four or five years back, you know, let's go to the Obama administration, then those four or five years, if they've been some of your higher earning years, you might be pleasantly surprised. So that's why we always give individuals homework as it relates to Social Security, getting their most accurate benefit. You know, we'll usually give them homework and send them say, you know, you got to go to socialsecurity.gov or ssa.gov. You can do a My Social Security and download the latest, most up-to-date Social Security statement. And then when they come in for us and we're doing some retirement income planning, that way we can give them advice on the current numbers that they have. So, you know, if you're doing any kind of retirement income planning, you need to know essentially to the penny, not only what your assets can generate for you for income, but then also what portion Social Security is going to provide for that. Now, let's take a minute here and hit on your 401k statements. Perhaps you have 401k statements for your last three employers and you've forgotten to take those accounts with you. That's something that you're going to want to update immediately. No, absolutely. Because you really can't have a consolidated financial plan without having your arms completely around all the different assets that you have. You got to know what you own, why you own it, and then how it assists you for your plan to be successful over time rather than just kind of left to hope. So, you know, we encourage individuals, whether it's their 401ks, 403bs, old pensions, current 401k, whatever it is, is to kind of consolidate those together, at least the investment strategy associated with each, so that they're all working towards your financial plan that's going to generate the retirement income that you need. Unfortunately, many times what I see is individuals come in and they open up the folders and they've got, like you said, three or four different old 401ks or IRAs kind of floating, you know, 10 years ago I did this, five years ago I did that. 
but there's no coordination as to the rhyme or reason as to how they're invested. So they've kind of accumulated this hodgepodge of stuff in that financial junk drawer. So what we try to do is kind of get their arms around it and say, okay, let's just make sure it's all working in the direction that it's supposed to based on the plan they put together. All right. What about old savings bonds, especially bonds that might have come to maturity and you didn't even realize it? Yeah, typically the old U.S. savings bonds, you know, where you put $500 down and at some point in the future will mature to 1000 you know, essentially double on that. A lot of people don't understand that they typically only pay interest for about 30 or 35 years. So if you've got some going back into the 70s and 80s, whether you purchased them or they were gifted to you, you want to go online and double check to make sure that they are still paying you interest. Uh, one of the other things about savings bonds, it used to be great when the internal interest rate used to get was around five or six percent. You know, pretty much when we were kids, you got a reasonable rate of return. So every 10 to 12 years, those things would actually double and keep earning interest. Now, with interest rates having been pretty historically low the past decade or so, a lot of those savings bonds are only paying around one and a half, two and a half percent interest for you. So there's definitely better options available. And those things aren't going to double for at least 18 years or so. So, you know, as far as a savings vehicle, it's a great gift for somebody, you know, that you want to put $100 down and give them a $200 savings bond for their bar mitzvah or their christening. But as a long-term investment, that's a little bit lacking in today's interest rates. Okay. Now, let's say that you went out maybe 10, 15 years ago, purchased a vacant lot because everybody says it's great to invest in land and who knows, maybe you can build your vacation home on it or your dream home, but you never got around to it. And now the lot's just sitting there vacant and it's quote unquote, an investment. Something needs to happen there. Yeah. Calling it an investment is, you know, probably not the best way to classify it. You know, there's really two things that whether it be at land or a rental property or something else that maybe isn't cash flow positive to you is that there's two really big considerations. One is the carry cost every single year that it's not generating income for you or it's just sitting there, it's costing you something, be it property taxes, be it maintenance, something out. So that's whittling away at that future profit that you were hoping to get. The second thing is the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost basically says, since I've chosen to keep this money sitting here in this, let's use that vacant lot that you mentioned, because I'm gonna keep it in there, the opportunity cost is what else could that money be doing going forward be it earning interest, be it in the market, you know, whatever makes sense for you. You know, so that opportunity cost gets pretty huge, especially if you haven't seen a lot of appreciation in that vacant lot, that investment property. So, you know, I've got a sign in my office that says, don't cling to a mistake just because you took a lot of time making it. So if you're still holding on to that lot and really hasn't appreciated very much and 10, 15 years has gone by, you might want to reassess if that's truly an investment or if it's just kind of dragging you behind. So we joke about your financial junk drawer, but in all seriousness, if you're listening right now and you've sat there and you've said, well, you know, my statements are unorganized or, well, I've got these old social security estimates. I really need to get more up-to-date information or, well, I'm sitting on this vacant lot. There's something you can do about that. You can reach out to Michael Stewart and his team and they can help you get organized, give your money and your wealth a purpose and make sure you know where it's going and how it's helping you. What does it look like, Michael, to come in for a visit and get that process started? Yeah, I'll, I'll even give you a reference as to this financial junk drawer, you know, where maybe some things are organized, some things a little haphazard on the side that could be organized a little bit better is it all starts with a meeting. We sit down and have a discovery meeting. Uh, we call it the discovery meeting because really it's you're finding out about us. We're finding out about you. And it's less about, you know, what's on the paper and the statements and how are you invested and more about what are you trying to do? What do you have? 
Are there any gaps along the way? And then if we can identify a way to add value to what you're currently doing or help you get a little bit more organized, great, we'll have that discussion at the end of that meeting. If not, at least you get your questions answered and I can at least kind of provide a roadmap for you on, even if we're not working together, here's the few things that you need to do to kind of get your financial house in order. So if you'd like to reach out to Michael Stewart and the team there at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, reach out, give the office a call at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. You can come in, get a complimentary review of your situation. Remember, Michael Stewart has about two decades of experience, so he's well-equipped to take any of your questions and really just lay some concepts out in a way that's easy to understand. All you have to do to schedule your visit is call 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Michael, how about now we shift gears and dive into a bit of news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, we love to just see what's going on in the world around us and how any of that might affect our finances. Of course, there is no shortage of news out there. Michael, as more presidential candidates throw their hats into the ring in the Democratic Party, there's an increasing amount of discussion about increased taxes on high incomes and bigger taxes on large estates. In your opinion, is this a good idea? I think it's uh, a lot of times it's easier when, especially on the Democratic Party side, you know, there's a lot of kind of socialist and some populism that's going out there. And one of the things that I would caution people of is that on all of these type of entitlement programs, and when they say, let's just tax the rich, let's just make sure that all the wealthy people are going to pay for this. You got to be careful on where that line of wealthy people comes from. In the United States, if you listen to the IRS from the tax filings, is that if you have a household income in excess of $100,000, you're in the top 10% of income earners and households in the United States. So just remember when the Democratic Party or any party for that matter, so this isn't really a political comment, but when any political party or candidate says, hey, we're going to take from the rich, we're going to tax the rich. If your household income is nearing or above that 100,000 mark, they're talking about you. And for many households, at least the ones that we work with, that's you. So they've got their finger pointed right at you. Now, that doesn't necessarily make it wrong because in their eyes, it's a lot easier to spend other people's money. But the reality is that capitalism and individuals that are, you know, either have businesses or higher earning professionals, those are also the individuals that are reinvesting in the economy, whether it's through great ideas, whether it's spending their money as a consumer, whatever it happens to be. So I'd be very cautious about when they're just pointing to we're going to tax the rich because you may very well, you may not feel like it, but you may very well be one of those people. Well, as always, we appreciate your insight into what's going on in the world around us and how that applies to us. Now we want to hear from you. Not you, Michael, but you, the listener. Let's take a question from the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, Michael, this question comes to us from another Michael. Well, presumably Mike, anyway. He is in Algonquin, and he says, we're about to sell our house and move to a smaller one so that we won't have so much home and yard to maintain as we get older. We'll end up with about $200,000 from the sale of our current house that we don't need for our retirement. So I don't know if we should invest it or just leave it in the bank. Does it matter? Mike, it always matters. So from what you're saying is you could send the house, you're going to net out after paying off the mortgage and everything about $200,000. Now, when you say you don't need it for retirement, you don't need it for retirement right now. 
you know, maybe you've done a good job of savings. It's hard to say without you know, going a little deeper in this conversation with you, kind of finding out where you are, what we're trying to do, the income we need, those things. But for the sake of the podcast today, let's just assume that you've done a great job of saving. So you don't specifically need it at this time for retirement. You might need it later in retirement. You might need it later in retirement for uh, getting a rising income. You might need it later in retirement to help mitigate some long-term care costs. You might need it in retirement if you want to be a snowbird and maybe get grandkids up here and you want to go back and forth north to south. So to say that you don't need it necessarily for retirement and does it matter? Well, of course it matters. So, you know, what really you should do with it isn't just write a check and say, you know, should we invest it or leave it in the bank? It's saying, okay, where this $200,000, how does it fit within our overall financial plan? So well, apparently you're, you feel that you're doing pretty good on the retirement saving side. So that's great. And I'm sure you got some money in the bank. Is that enough? Do you have enough emergency savings? Should some of this be cordoned off for that? And some of the other part be positioned for maybe money over the next three to five years, if there's going to be any kind of transition in your life. So at the beginning, congratulations, you know, netting out equity of $200,000 on your home was nice. But at the same time, what you want to do is you want to build it into the overall financial plan that you have for your household and not just say, hey, what's a great investment idea or what's a CD pan? Let's make sure that we account for that 200000 in the scope of your overall household financial plan, not just as kind of a standalone item. Well, thanks for writing in, Mike. Certainly, if you want your question to be featured here on the podcast, all you have to do is go online and submit it. And you, too, could be featured in our mailbag segment that we do on each podcast. Go online to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. All right, Michael, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if we didn't have just a little bit of fun. We always want to get to know you. This is probably my favorite part of the podcast where we just kind of step aside from the news and the numbers and just get to know you a little bit better. A question before we leave, what is the best live musical performance you've ever been to? The best live musical performance would have been the Red Hot Chili Peppers, October 21st, or 20th, 1991 at Peony Park in Omaha, Nebraska. It's my junior year in college, and they were still kind of a relatively new upstart on there. You know, they had been a band for a while, and they actually played in just a really small venue, and it was crazy, and it was probably the most memorable concert uh, for a variety of reasons. Oh, now that is cool. That's uh, that's up and coming Chili Peppers right there. Absolutely. By the time I got to college, they had switched up their format a little bit. They would brought on a new producer and I can't remember the name offhand, but it was a gentleman who'd worked with the Beatles way back and their music just wasn't the same. I think after they made that switch. Yeah, and so in 91, that was their their first big album, you know, from a national scale. It was Blood Sugar Sex Magic was the, the name of the album. That was the name of the tour as well. And it was and it was nice because, you know, being in Omaha, it was a big enough city that uh, attracted, you know, some up-and-coming acts. But at the same time, it wasn't so large that, you know, they sold out large venues and those things. So it was it was great to be kind of hitch myself to the early part of the, the Chili Pepper train. Well, so I have to follow that up then. Are you more of a 90s music guy or an 80s music? So do you like um, like Green Day or some of the grunge culture? Or are you more, you know, your Pat Benatar, Genesis, Later Journey, bands of that nature? I do like Phil Collins, since you mentioned Genesis. Oh, that, yes. Uh, my, yeah, my, my kids and wife make fun of me because when we have the playlist going on on the road trips, you'll hear everything from 
50s and 60s all the way to modern rap because I'm just a kind of a, a renaissance man as far as music in general. So I can go anywhere from Elvis to the Bee Gees to um, Journey and even go to you know the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers all the way to Future and Drake. So I, I just like good music. doesn't matter what the genre. I love it. Let's catch a show. Next time Journey comes to town, we got to go. All right, there we go. Oh, man. Well, this has been another edition of Retirement Matters. We thank you, Michael, for being here. And, of course, we thank you for joining us on the podcast. Remember, Crystal Lake is a one-stop shop with a CPA, enrolled agent, and paralegal all on staff. They can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof.